You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Venezuela has been a lot in the news a lot lately. Last month, Juan Guaido declared himself the country's interim president. But last summer, the current president, Nicolas Maduro, claimed victory in the country's election during really controversial balloting. The South American country is being rocked by economic crisis, but it has significant oil reserves and therefore has attracted the interest of countries all over the world, including the United States of America, where a lot of politicians, including members of the Trump administration, have talked about intervention in Venezuela. That's where we want to continue the conversation on Detroit today. And joining us to talk more about what's going on in Venezuela and why it matters right here in Detroit is Eli Lopez. He's a senior editor for International Opinions at The Washington Post. Eli, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you for having me. Also with us is Gregory Wilpert. Uh, he's a writer and co-founder of VenezuelaAnalysis.com. Gregory, welcome to Detroit today. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. So, uh, Eli, uh, let, let's start with uh, the details of what is happening right now in Venezuela and how we got here. Well, so we are currently seeing a situation where there are opposing forces, political forces, facing off, uh, challenging each other's legitimacy uh, and, and obviously control over the government. Uh, Maduro has presided over a uh, as you mentioned, a, a terrible economic collapse. Uh, but during this economic collapse, hyperinflation, the, uh, uh, the drop of oil prices, causing you know a very a very serious uh, economic crisis in Venezuela, uh, he he ran for for reelect for reelection after after winning an election by a very slimming, slim margin after Chavez's di- death, and you know he won under very uh, controversial circumstances. There were several members of the opposition that were barred from running. Uh, there were, you know, there were there were all kinds of irregularities with the vote. The opposition and the opposition-controlled Congress decided to boycott those elections. Uh, what we have right now is Juan Guaido, who is the president of the National Assembly, an opposition-controlled body of government, challenging Maduro's legitimacy and Maduro's inauguration because of this, of this, of what they say is this fraudulent election mm-hmm. that shouldn't have taken place. Uh, so it, are there are are there two precedents? Well, not really, right? I mean, but Maduro controls significant portions of the government, including the military. Uh, but you know, the opposition sees itself as a legitimate representative of the government because they were elected in in the last, you know, what they said, free fair elections. Uh, to represent the majority of people in Congress. So, you know, you have right now, it's a, it's, there's a power struggle. In the midst of this, of course, there's a refugee crisis and a humanitarian crisis that's affected all the neighbors in the region. Uh, and, and, and you know, it's it's important to note that Colombia, Brazil, Ecuador, Peru, many of these countries have also taken the lead in, in, in exerting this diplomatic pressure by recognizing Juan Guaido as the legit, legitimate president, trying to further isolate Maduro. So, so put uh, Venezuela in some context, first in, in South America, but then uh, on the American, uh, both American continents. Why, why is it of interest to, to other countries what's going on there? I think it's, it's twofold. Uh, the election of, of Hugo Chavez uh, almost two, almost twenty years ago, uh, Harold did this the rise of this new left in Latin America. He was a very 
charismatic leader, a leader that obviously uh, was very, uh, you know, anti-American imperialism. He denounced, you know, United States intervention in the region, in the history, uh, the complicated history of the United States intervention in the region, and, you know, called for, uh, obviously, redistribution of the the oil oil resources, created all kinds of social programs, you know, and that paired with a a very sort of anti-imperialism, anti-U.S. narrative, and, you know, a discourse that resonated through the region and this and it kind of ushered in this this pink wave of, of leftist governments in, in in Latin America Bolivia Nicaragua Brazil uh, Ecuador uh, of, of course we're seeing now 20, 20 years later that a lot of those governments are are gone uh, the, the, the sort of the pendulum has swift has shifted back to the right and and Maduro has sort of been the sole uh, well, one of the very few, including in Bolivia, to Evo Morales, he's been holding on to 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 power amidst this very political crisis. So there's there's that there's the political story, you know, this the new left and the collapse of of or the or the or the end of that era. And on the other hand, of course, there's uh, uh, the oil reserves. You know, Venezuela was able to. Uh, you know, fund a lot of these social programs thanks to the oil largesse, uh, and and then the rapid decline. You know, after after the uh, after the oil prices dropped, you know, Venezuela entered this this spiral. You know, this, this very fast sort of spiral cycle. And, and 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 you know, I think that's what's been such a big story. It's a, it's a country that hasn't seen a war, and yet, you know, almost three million people have left over the past you know yeah. three yeah. years. So I feel like that's it's a big story because of the rapid decline of the economic situation, uh, the repression that the government also has has used to to you know to attempt to tamper down the protests against you know the, 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 you know the people who are protesting what's going on, uh, and on the other hand, of course, uh, the the broader story of the ideological shifts in the region. Hmm. Uh, Gregory Wilpert, uh, your your site really, your website really takes a, a deep look at what's going on in Venezuela and how it relates to uh, countries th- th- that are nearby as well as uh, here in the in North America. Uh, talk about how concerned you think we should be in the United States about what's going on in Venezuela right now. Well, first of all, I think uh, the main reason I think people in the United States ought to be concerned is because the U.S. government is playing a very, very strong role in what's happening in Venezuela. I don't think one can look at uh, the situation in Venezuela in isolation of U.S. influence. I mean, for one thing, for example, already in the 2002 coup attempt, the United States was instrumental in supporting that coup attempt when it recognized the interim, uh, sorry, the the coup president, uh, Pedro uh, Carmona, uh, immediately recognized him, gave him full support, although he was ousted and Chavez came back. Um, but that was already, that was just the beginning of the antagonistic relationship between the U.S. and Venezuela. Then, um, of course, uh, later on, sanctions were imposed. And uh, the most important thing, of course, I think, is the, the Trump sanctions of August uh, 2017, which have uh, made a very bad economic situation that I, you know, I definitely would say the Maduro government bears, uh, you know, a large part of the responsibility for that, but um, it made a bad economic situation far worse for Venezuela, and uh, the United States bears a tremendous amount of uh, responsibility for that. Venezuela has lost, uh, by some estimates, anywhere between 10 and $20 billion, which is a lot of money for a relatively small country of 30 million people. Uh, and uh, so this has a tremendous impact, especially, of course, 
uh, considering that the country is undergoing hyperinflation and uh, food shortages and medicine shortages. And now, of course, with a constant, uh, you know, with first of all, with the recognition of Juan Guaido, it's thrown its weight behind the radical opposition in Venezuela. Um, there is a, a sector of the opposition in Venezuela that has always wanted to uh, find a negotiated solution. Uh, as a matter of fact, an agreement was almost reached last year. Um, but it was torpedoed with the help of, again, with the, of the Trump administration and actually Marco Rubio intervened very strongly to make sure that that agreement wasn't signed in the last minute. And um, that's what led to this current crisis, because they then boycotted the election and now are openly calling for the military to rise up against uh, Maduro, both the U.S. government, of course, and the ra- radical opposition in Venezuela are calling for the military to rise up. And that if that were to happen, that would be a coup attempt, and it would probably lead to bloodshed. Hmm. And so I think it's an extremely urgent situation, as I said, uh, in which uh, the United States government bears an enormous amount of responsibility. Hmm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. My guest is uh, Eli Lopez, a Senior Editor for International Opinions at The Washington Post. Also with us is Gregory Wilpert, a writer and co-founder of the website venezuelaanalysis.com we're talking about what's going on in venezuela right now where two men claim to be the rightful leader of that country uh, amidst a, a terrible economic crisis uh, that is causing unrest in the country uh, there's a lot of international attention on venezuela as well countries that border venezuela in south america the united states is interested china and russia also have talked about uh, their concerns about the country, largely uh, with regard to their oil interests there. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Uh, Tell us what you think about what's going on in Venezuela and whether you see implications here in Michigan or here in Detroit. In a little bit, we're going to talk to a Detroiter who is from Venezuela about his thoughts about what's going on there and the sort of ripple effects here in southeast Michigan, as well as some of the things that he's doing to ease the pain of Venezuelans during the economic crisis. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's start with uh, Jordan in Detroit. Jordan, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Can you hear me? I sure can. Awesome. Um, I'm on campus. Uh, Two quick points. Um, I read an open letter from President Maduro to the people of the United States that I suggest folks go look up. If you just type in open letter um, Maduro on Google, it'll come up. Um, Those are his words for the citizenry of our country. And my second point is, I think no matter how any of us feel about um, Maduro or socialism or whatever, um, the Venezuelan people and their nation have a right to self-determination. And so I think, um, again, regardless of how you feel, his letter might make sense to people who are trying to make sense of this um, hmm. and to see that there could be, like uh, your guest said, like serious bloodshed um, if we continue to put our hand in everybody else's uh, nation. So that's hmm. all I wanted to say. So, so Jordan, I, I wonder what your conclusion is about what's going on there. Are you are you someone who believes that uh, Maduro is the rightful leader and, and that we ought to support uh, him in that, in, in that role? Um, I, I guess I don't know because... It's hard for us this far away and with, you know, the information that we have coming through so many filters mm-hmm. for me to say if I think he's legitimate leader or not. I guess as a socialist, I'm, I'm liable to say that it's, it should be up to them and their people to determine that. And that should be something that they decide amongst themselves. Um, 
But to your point, I really don't know, to be honest. Okay. Jordan, I appreciate uh, the call and the comments. Go ahead. Well, no, it's interesting. I, I think, I think this, the, 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 there is a serious debate in the United States about about U.S. intervention and obviously the recent history of American interventions abroad uh, calls for real caution and concern. You know, and I'm I'm Venezuelan myself, and mm-hmm. I have family that has suffered and and, and that have had to leave for political reasons, also for economic reasons. Uh, and I, you know, I'm very, I'm very close to that pain. And but I'm also an American citizen. I also understand the concerns for sanctions. So of course there is a, and for intervention. I think there is a, 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 a conversation about what's going on in Venezuela. I think Maduro. Uh, has been a disastrous leader. I think he, he no no president would have been reelected under the circumstances, under the economic circumstances that are taking place. And I feel like he definitely has tipped the scales in his favor. He has erased all matter of checks and balances and independent powers in Venezuela. He has ex- exercised tremendous repression. Uh, it's uh, I feel that that the National Assembly, as an elected body, uh, has been neutered by 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 Maduro's regime. You know, mm-hmm. purposely sort of suffocated of its powers to exercise any checks and, and balances on his government. So of course there is. I think there is a, a legitimate political and, and, and constitutional crisis in Venezuela, uh, and that's one thing that we should that that, that should be discussed and understood. Uh, in depth, uh, and of course, on the other hand, there is what is the role of of, of the United States, and 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 I think that that's when it gets tricky, right? Because we're seeing a, a, a diplomatic, an unprecedented diplomatic response in in Latin America. Uh, you know, it's not as simple as we don't. We're not seeing a, a simple Cold War dynamic in terms of just like the United States tipping the scales. We have there are uh, over a million Venezuelans in Colombia. Uh, it's become a real a real problem. They have they have the, themselves internally displaced uh, refugees because of their own internal conflicts. So there is a political economic concerns. And uh, uh, yesterday we met with President Duque of Colombia, where you know he's he's expressed serious concerns and he's he stood with. You know, refugees that provided uh, immigration documents so they can work and and all kinds of humanitarian aid. So if, you know, we, we're seeing a regional a regional crisis and also a regional response. I would say that um, you know, American citizens and, and here in the United States, there should be a real and, and in depth debate about the role of the U.S. But also, I feel like that should be um, that should that should come with a. Um, I don't know, with, with, with solidarity to what people in Venezuela have been going through. Hmm. Uh, Gregory Wilpert, the, the, the lead headline on your website uh, right now says that Guaido sets date for attempted aid entry as UN reiterates call for dialogue. And it's talking about uh, both sides in this uh, crisis uh, planning to mobilize their uh, supporters in, in, in the border region of the country. Um, is this about to get much worse, or uh, or do you think that UN intervention or some other intervention will calm things down? Well, it depends on what you mean by intervention. I mean, mm. the UN has offered to <clears throat> to engage in a dialogue, to, to mediate a dialogue, and so has the Pope, and so has Mexico, uh, and other countries. Uh, I think uh, mediation is definitely the way to go. Uh, now, of course, the uh, effort uh, to to uh, to mobilize humanitarian aid sounds very good, but 
the way it's being done is completely wrong and it's going to and that could actually lead to a confrontation of some sort uh, which and as a matter of fact, a number of uh, international aid organizations from the UN and from uh, the Red Cross have refused to participate, and precisely because the hum- the humanitarian aid that the United States and Colombia and uh, other countries are offering does not qualify according to their criteria as humanitarian aid, because it's, uh, for one thing, it's highly politicized, and they're saying that um, you cannot uh, use aid in such a politicized manner. And so uh, it, it, it seems to be uh, intended specifically to uh, to provoke a confrontation, and uh, that's why this big announcement, you know, on February 23rd, they want to organize some kind of a caravan, and I don't know what that means. Do they want to stor- uh, storm the border or what? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't. Uh, but if something like that were to happen, uh, it could be used as a pretext for a military intervention. I think that's a very, uh, you know, that. In other words, to use humanitarian aid as a pretext, uh, it's not something completely new. As a matter of fact, uh, the United States, you know, um, bombing of Libya and its, uh, its invasion of, of Iraq are often couched in these kind of humanitarian terms when, in the end, they end up uh, causing a lot more suffering than than, uh, than they alleviate. Mm-hmm. So um, so I think there's a huge amount issue of concern, and that's not the way to go about it. The way to go about uh, diffusing the situation is through dialogue, uh, between the opposition and the government. Okay. Uh, Eli Lopez, senior editor for international opinions at the Washington Post, and Gregory Wilpert, writer and co-founder of VenezuelaAnalysis.com. Thanks to both of you for being here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, up next, we're going to speak with the president of Venezuelans United in Michigan, a Michigan-based nonprofit that sends humanitarian aid to Venezuela. Stay with us, and stay with us on the phones. Thomas in Livonia, Aaron in Detroit, Alex in Gross Point. We'll get back to you as well. If you want to join them, as always, the number is 313-577-1019. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking about the crisis in Venezuela, where two different men claim to hold power in the country amid an economic crisis that is really taking a toll on the country's citizens. Uh, There is international attention coming to bear on Venezuela, not just from the United States, but also from the countries that border the South American nation, as well as places like China and Russia, which have oil interests that they would love to protect in Venezuela. Uh, We are uh, joined now by somebody who has a really local perspective on this issue. Alfredo Navarro Toledo is a doctor and president of Venezuelans United in Michigan. That is a Michigan-based nonprofit that sends humanitarian aid to Venezuela. Alfredo, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. Uh, So how does Venezuelans United help the people who are in the country? Well, we initially began as a nonprofit organization in 2013. Um, by the time that our idea was to have a social gathering with people in in, um, in Michigan, um, which actually grew up a lot, people from Canada were coming closer to Michigan, as everybody knows, to Detroit, um, people from around the area. Um, the idea was to 
share the culture of Venezuela and um, help people who are coming here to, you know, guide them to to Detroit. Yeah. Um, so what do you make uh, as a Venezuelan living in Michigan of the situation in Venezuela? What do you think is happening and what do you think should happen there? Well, right now it's happening a very interesting um, um, cluster of happening, a cluster of facts that are unexpected, that were unexpected. And uh, to tell you the truth, it's a hope what is happening right now. Um, Venezuelans have been struggling for many years. Um, um, with the years, we've been having fewer and fewer resources. And we're talking about food, we're talking about humanitarian help. Um, we're talking about lack of medications, people who are dying because they don't have the food or um, they don't have the medications they need, as simple antibiotics or even Tylenol. Uh, and, and what do you think is the resolution to what's happening there? Uh, is Maduro the rightful leader or is Guaido right that uh, he won through through illicit means and, and should be deposed? Well, right now, this is actually what brings the interesting fact here. Um, things have been happening for six years since Maduro has been in power. Um, and in May 2018, he uh, had an election, a presidential election, that was actually not seen well by many people, including Smartmatic, which was a company that was uh, following the elections, previous election. They actually uh, withdrew from this election because they thought it was not, the numbers were not matching cor correctly. Actually, a m the majority of the people didn't go to vote by that, that time because the United Parties, that were the opposition parties, were saying basically that um, this election, they didn't want to support it because the assembly wasn't uh, supporting it either, the Congress by the time. With that said, the only powers that were, that were supporting this was the, um, the um, election party, and, of course, the Tribunal Supremo de Justicia, which is the Supreme Court in Venezuela, which, which everybody knows that I'm mostly officialist. Um, with that said, international uh, views were against also um, with this so sudden election call in May 2018. So since then, um, because of the lack of numbers and the weird numbers that the, um, um, the election centers mentioned that they were, People really didn't believe in these um, results, having Mr. Maduro as a president. By January 10, 2019, just a few weeks ago, Mr. Maduro um, swore to be uh, the president after six years um, as a president of Venezuela. Mr. Guaido, which was elected in 2019 as a um, um, president of the assembly, or Congress, let's say this is the Speaker of the House, as we mentioned it here in the USA, um, he as, um, mentions that there's a lack of precedent, a gap that the Constitution doesn't allow to, uh, based on the, on the Article 233 of the Constitution, he should be the next president, mm. interim president, until calling to new elections. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a conundrum, right? I mean, there, there are arguments to be made on both men's behalf. Correct. Uh, yeah. That's right. Um, with that said, their powers right now towards Mr. Maduro, which the majority of the people and 80% of the population of Venezuela by 2018 were 
not supporting him any longer, um, this Mr. Maduro has still powers in the military or the army, uh, which Mr. Guaido, the interim president currently, which is not Mr. Maduro, um, is calling to mediate very smart way, very diplomatic way, very peaceful way, and always with a smile, the people from the army to try to find the support that he needs to make Venezuela back to to those resources. Remember, this is, I want to clarify this um, right now. This is not a political issue. This is people are starving. People have not being able to have medications. People that are dying because there's cancer around and there's no medication against cancer. To people who need hemodialysis just last year, 900, pe- 900 people, uh, they were mentioned that 900 people may die in the next 60 uh, days if we don't find the humanitarian help mm. right away. Mm. Uh, again, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go to Alex in Gross Point. Alex, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey there. Hey. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Um, so I wanted to... Just follow up. Um, I work in the healthcare industry, so um, I'm I've been listening to um, your guest and, and hearing what he has to say. And I guess I'll work that into my comment, which is um, I you know it's it's a fine line to walk when any one nation intervenes in any other sovereign nation. Um, so if the U.S. were to do that, or China or Russia, um, I think the most important part is intention. Um, if the U.S. is sending aid, if they're shipping dialysis machines, drugs, um, doctors, you know, um, medical personnel to aid these people along with food and supplies, then that speaks differently than where they to send military personnel to sort of overthrow this um, this uh, president um, that won't relieve power. Um, and and I, I'm not so worried about um, which president is the rightful president or not. To me, it's more about uh, are we repeating mistakes of the past where we present it to the U.S. public as, oh, we're going in to do a humanitarian mission, and then 10 years later down the road, uh, all we've done is overthrow a government and hmm. maybe make life not so much better than it was yeah. before. Uh, Alex, I really appreciate the call and, and the insight there. Uh, Alfredo, what do you think of that idea that that uh, there's a suspicion that attaches to the interest in getting involved in Venezuela at this point? Alex, thank you for the question. Yes, I believe that um, there's a lot of confusion here with all both sides. Um, I believe that there's a lot of misinformation that we're having here in the USA. I, I want to tell you that also um, the news in Venezuela are blocked. Uh, the people, when the people go to walk, um, the only places where we see what's happening in current moment is when we see them in Instagram, Facebook, or name it, Twitter. Um, to answer your question, I believe that um, that there's not such an intervention right now. What's happening is that for many years, people like Venezuelanos and Natives in Michigan, uh, um, Friends of Children of Venezuela, Programa de Ayuda Humanitaria para Venezuela en Doral, We've been helping just here in the USA, just here in the USA, because there are many other nonprofit organizations all over the world who are helping the people in Venezuela because the need didn't happen in just a few weeks ago. It's been happening for more than 20 years. Um, the intervention isn't happening in a sense 
that the USA is supporting what's happening right now based on the Constitution, as I said before, Article 233 supports Mr. Guaido to become the interim president in the absence of the current the president. Um, therefore, diplomatically talking, the USA is supporting, as many other nations are doing, and, and I'm talking about um, um, France, I'm talking about the UK, etc., um, supporting the current president, interim president, but it's not saying that the humanitarian help that is going to arrive to Venezuela means that it's going to be a confrontation. It's actually asking them, we're talking about the military, to open the, the, the borders to allow that help to arrive in a very pacific way. Uh, look what just happened in Colombia. The borders with Cucuta uh, was blocked by the army, local army, with um, um, trucks in the middle of the road when they mentioned that the, the help was arriving to Cucuta. So um, that's very contradictory. People mm-hmm. are dying really right now, and we have to struggle this very much. This is not about politics. This is about people dying and people deserving a better lifestyle. Mm. Uh, again, thanks very much, Alex, for the call and the, the comments. Let's quickly go to Thomas in Livonia. Thomas, I've only got about 30 seconds left, but uh, I wanted to get you in here. Okay, so you asked at the top of the hour and since then what the U.S.'s role in uh, Venezuela and the South America, the global South is. There are two answers. The first one is correctly none. They shouldn't be there. We have no right there. We're not in the business of sending food and medicine to people. Uh, We don't do that to Americans. (laughs) We wouldn't send it to a foreign government. We'd send it to the opposition so that we can support them. But the real answer is the U.S.'s role in the South is to exploit that to invade it. We've done it over and over again. That's why we have a Honduran yeah. refugee crisis. That's yes. why, uh, that's Thomas, why Elliot Thomas Hayden, I don't mean yeah. to cut you off, but I'm running no. out of time. But I really appreciate the call and those comments. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who eye U.S. intervention with that uh, with that suspicion. Uh, so thanks for, for calling in. Uh, Alfredo Navarro Toledo, thanks very much for being here with us. Uh, Thank you again for today. inviting me. All right, that's going to do it for me. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.